It is long, it is fragile, and it is not deadly. Hello, Internet, and welcome to the A to Z Horror Cast. This is the Creative Battalion Podcast, brought to you by us over at A2ZHorror.com. I'm Jack, and sitting across from me is Jake. An army of brain-dead animals is still an army, Jack. <laughs> and sitting next to Jake is someone else with a part like a goddamned ice luge. It's Mark. What's up, dudes? <laughs> For those of you unfamiliar with our Cracker Jack operation, we watch and review one horror movie a week, and then we get drunk and argue about it. And this week, we watched 2020's VFW, which was a pick from Patreon member Ty. Ty, thank you very much for the pick and the support. We very much appreciate it. And we are going to dive all the way into that movie real soon. And when we do, fair warning, we're going to spoil the absolute nonsense out of it. But, I mean, if you saw the trailer, you can guess the entire plot. So, not not so much a, a big spoilers one. Um, and like the last few weeks, I'm going to tell you that while we do appreciate the Patreon support and uh, our, our, our friends sticking with us over there, uh, if you got some extra cash to kick around right now, probably don't throw it our way. Probably throw, take care of yourselves and your families or, uh, you know, throw any excess towards feeding America, local breweries, any kind of good stuff like that. But for now, let's dive into our own little brand of escapism and talk some horror. So on that score, let's do beers for fears. Hey, Jake. Hi, Jack. What are your beers for the 2020 movie BFW? Yeah, I like this one. I got to pull a Barbarian this week. I'm happy Ooh. with it. Um, it th- By that, you mean go to Barbarian Brewing here in Boise. Yes, Barbarian Brewing in Boise. I'm doing the Boise thing <laughs> still until Just further notice. People who are unfamiliar with that brewery might not know what pull a Barbarian I'm means. A yeah, barbarian. Jake is Jake is shirtless. <laughs> He's wearing one of those hats that have horns coming out the sides. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you should just be leaving. It's a radio medium. Leave it up to their imagination. You know what I mean? Uh, no, nah, this is a Barbarian Brewing beer. What is this movie if not a movie about a bunch of old Guys, so, like, honestly, Old Man Dirk, though there's not a Dirk in this movie, it's a really good fit. I've been sitting on this one for a while, so I'm pretty excited to crack it open. That weird cleaver thing is not far removed from a Dirk. That's actually... Dirk-esque. That's that's true. I'm also, for the first time, I have this fancy desk that has a bottle opener underneath it. Never used it. There we go. First time. Well, that can't possibly (laughs) be true. Are you kidding me? No, I'm dead serious. I've been drinking a lot of stuff out of the can, man. Like, Uh. almost exclusively. Or I've been cracking them in the kitchen or some shit. There you go. First time. Wow. There you go. wow, look at this. Look at it's crazy. This. this is a Scotch ale, by the way, which doesn't really mean anything. Old. Old man Dirk. Old men. Men. Old. <laughs> okay. I like it. Uh, I, myself, am drinking two things. One, I've got a Rustler IPA because I'm trying to do a local thing. and uh, The one you didn't starts. have last week when it would have been appropriate. Oh, God, yeah. I didn't have it last week. Yeah, <laughs> that's correct. Okay, good. <laughs> Retroactive um, application. Yeah, uh, this movie starts with some some rustling. The whole thing gets kicked off because she steals some drugs. She rustles up some drugs from the bad guys. Okay. Uh, but the more important thing that I'm drinking <laughs> is uh, a tremendous amount of whiskey. Uh, just neat, because that's that's what happens in this movie. They drink a obscene straight from the bottle. amount of whiskey. So that's what I'll be doing here. I've got myself some whiskey. Mark, how about you? What are your beers for these fears? Yeah, I'm drinking a uh, 50 caliber IPA out of Vernal Brewing Company. I did this last week. Uh, <laughs> but the thing is, it's a good beer for both movies. It made sense for Tremors when they used the elephant gun, and it makes sense here because they directly name check a fifty cal that's on top of their barracks OL gigantic yeah, jeep. They thing. do. This so, is yeah, they sure do. This is one of the easiest movies to beer we've probably ever reviewed. We're making it harder on ourselves by all of us kind of sticking with this local theme. But holy shit, 
with this bar yeah. like you could have gone in one of many macro directions if you would like yeah, there's like yeah. there's a prominently featured bud light sign in almost every scene yes yes uh i, I mean guns and oil is a whole brewery here <laughs> that we could have just gone with yep so there's a lot of stuff either way good work all around uh, now, ordinarily, boys, this is where I'd ask you to talk about what else has been rocking your horror world, but as we release this, it's going to be, I don't know, sometime near the first of the month, in probably in the month of May anyway, uh, so we got to talk about the horror release roundup and what movies are coming out over the course of the next month over at the website, a to horror with a hyphen, uh, dot com. We will kick you the entire list of movies that we were able to find and a little blurb about each one of them, but here on the podcast, we're just going to talk about a top one, a bottom one, and a dark horse pick, except for... It's probably coextensive with the entire list. Not a lot of movies coming out these days, guys. No. Yeah, and it's uh, only going to get less, probably. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. All right. I mean, well, so, uh... okay. To, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. T- to be clear, what we were able to find for the month is six of them. So if it, it yes, can't we... drop much more, okay? But <laughs> we found six movies being released in May. Uh, that that being said, this is the first month I think ever in the history of doing this where there is one hundred percent guarantee for crossover and picks. We might have come close, but I don't know if we've ever had less than nine. Maybe I'm wrong. This is the lowest. We've definitely had less than nine. I think mm-hmm. we had. Uh, I want to say like last March or something like that was like seven. No, no way. Jeez. There's also no way to check that, so whatever. You're just blowing smoke right now, but <laughs> yeah, it's, it's lost to the sands of time. Absolutely. Go have a dart. Yeah, either way, uh, let's start at the bottom. You know, you can't get to here without starting at the bottom, I'm given to understand. So, I've heard that, yes. Um, Mark, what's your bottom one pick for the month of May? You die. Get the hey, F, then die. This is, I <laughs> this love is mine as well. <laughs> that tagline. I love the tagline. So, to be clear, though, it is a tagline, but it's also part of the title. If you go to the IMDb page, the full listed name of the movie is You Die, hyphen, get the app, comma, then die. There's no way that's the actual title. There's no way. <laughs> that's what <laughs> <well. laughs> be no amazing. Way. Wait no until way. Mark gets the collector's edition on Blu-ray, and let's see what it says on that. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Considering uh, this is bottom uh, one, he's definitely going to. Yeah, I picked this as well for my bottom one. This movie looks bad. <laughs> it, it doesn't look offensively bad it doesn't look like trash or like it was lazily made or anything like that it just looks like one of the most generic things i've ever seen and i can guarantee you this movie has happened before this is i mean we've all seen this is this is basically pulse this is basically one missed call uh there was that it's also not on it's also basically not though like okay i hear what you're saying (laughs) i mean it's kind of like countdown if like countdown was like the fun final destination side of this and this is attempting to be the creepier side pulse is a really good poll in reference because that's kind of what i was thinking too it's been done in like a lot of different ways that's why it's a good right through like where its inspirations are but i don't know if it's going to be totally like this movie's happened this also looks like just an excuse for them to throw a whole shitload of jump scares onto the screen. 100%. Very yes. little yep. else. Yep. 100%. <laughs> Heavily jump scare driven movie that we've basically seen before. It's not going to be bad, but it is going to be the first one I forget is coming out this month. That's fair. With you there. With you there. That's Jake, fair. how about you? What's your bottom one? I went with the Jack in the Box. Um, oh, well. I, uh, whatever, man. man. I, I, We're going to be, Jake, look, you said 100% crossover. There's going to be some exact opposites here in a minute. That's funny. <laughs> I, honestly, like for me, where what this came down to, and let me just go ahead and say that like in any other month, I don't even think this would be in contention. Like I didn't find a movie in here that I thought was a stinker. I actually was kind of interested in You Die because 
I kind of like the more Pulse side of it where it was trying to use that, oh, is it augmented reality in the app or is it a ghost? Like, I don't know. It could work. It probably won't, but uh, whatever. It's like, it could be cool. Who knows? Jack in the Box. The Jack in the Box is actually... The Jack in the Box. The Jack in the Box is actually creepy looking and i will give this movie that the thing that kind of pulled me out of it and made me be like nah i I just don't think so is like the fucking weird furry costume that the life-size jack-in-the-box once it comes to life is wearing that thing looks fucking bad okay what i disagree with that i think you know what a furry is his face looks okay (laughs) the rest of the suit is like skinny man sort of like normal skinny not like exceptionally skinny wearing a furry costume it's there's no fur. It's furry. It's not it's an animal. Like, it's like a it's like a horse fur at least. It's like a bodysuit. It's like a fur on a horse. Like uh, fur on this the is... horse. <laughs> so wait, he's wearing a onesie. So he's actually wearing a onesie. He's wearing a costume. <laughs> it's not a furry costume. What's he wearing? It is in no way evocative of a furry costume. That's all I want on the. His record face here. looks okay. The rest of his body doesn't, Jack. <laughs> People yeah, say that about me too. One. I didn't find him sexually arousing. Therefore, bottom one. <laughs> well, because he wasn't wearing a furry costume. We all know what you're into, Jake. Uh, maybe, yeah. I, I, okay, we, my hand. we got there. <laughs> I'm not going to say yes or no, okay? You got to keep your options open. Look, let's move on to top one because I want to talk about the Jack of the Box. That's my a top weird one pick. pick. Why is that Hell your top one? Yeah, dude. I love that you went What? 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 Why? This what? movie looks terrifying. No, it doesn't. I love the design of the Jack of the Box, both in the box version and in the life-size version. I think it looks genuinely terrifying. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Hold on, I'm gonna go also, watch the like, trailer. Hold on. What Let's a see. fucking weird movie this is! <laughs> like, we dug up a Jack in the Box, and it's an evil Jack yeah. in the Box. So here's the thing, kids. I was out in the middle of a field somewhere, and I dug three inches into the ground and found a box that just said Jack in the Box on it. So I decided to take it home and put it on our dining room table. Everybody cool with that? <laughs> Great name also, for a Jack in the Box. Very on the nose. I. I love the the letter spinners on top of the box that say that could be like four different letters that say Jack, but then spin around to say like Dabuf at other <laughs> points. What what is the purpose of having those rotatable and switch letters? But then when it switches back to Jack, he's coming out and you're in trouble. Jack, what I think you'll fuck? I think you'll find that the Jack in the box is possessed by a demon, and that demon's name is in fact Dabuf. <laughs> it's gonna, that's gonna I be the turn at the end. Fathom what the purpose of those rotating letters are, but I'm fascinated by it. This movie looks rad as hell. Jake is checked out because he's watching the trailer. I'm trying to watch the trailer. To be clear, yes, <laughs> that's, that's what he's saying. No, I'm not actually watching it. I'm attempting to. <laughs> oh, gotcha. So you haven't even good, begun good to note, check good out note. yet? Uh, yeah, I no, I've already checked out. Trust me, I'm just not watching the trailer. Good. Okay. We are aware that you've checked out based on how you're talking and acting. Yeah, well, no, no, that's not fair. You're not being fair. <laughs> also, also, what did you just say? All right, Jake, since you got uh, you got such hot takes right now, what's your top one pick? Hot takes? That wasn't yeah. a hot, was, Look, I said it would not be the bottom one in most months. I think everything coming out this month <laughs> looks pretty good. Uh, yeah. Okay, if you want to, this is probably the hottest take for a top one. I'm finally going, I'm riding with the End of the Dark movie for once. Oh, shit. The the trailers are always good, and this is no different from any of those instances that we've seen. This month's movie from the End of the Dark series on Hulu is called Delivered, and it is about what appears to be a psychotic woman who is doing things. This is a Mother's Day release, and she's doing things with pregnant mothers, and some shit could get really wild. 
what I'm interested in with this is two things. First, and seri- on a serious note from a horror perspective, this one is directed by Emma Tammy, who directed The Wind, which two-thirds of this Fucking podcast fantastic. loved and everyone at least respected. So I think that there are some chops there. <laughs> and I haven't seen any of these movies you guys have. There have been some very competent Into the Dark movies made. I just think that we're probably lacking like the true banger right now. So who knows? This one could come through for us. I this think could it be looks the one good. true banger prophesized by this the old ones. This could be the one <laughs> true banger. I, I think the directoral chops are there. I'm, I'm excited to see what Tammy puts out after the wind. And I think that yeah, this yeah. could be a good movie. Second, on a more funny note, the psycho in this is the second I saw her, I knew I knew her from somewhere. She was the girl in Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> and I honestly think about that. That girl could end up being this character. Like this could be canon, basically. <laughs> to Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah. I, I bet it is canon. I will assume it's canon until I am told that it is not. Therefore, top one. Interesting. <laughs> All right, Mark, what about you? What'd you pick as a top one? Uh I'm going with the wretched or wretched. I don't yeah, know. Movie looks good. This movie's already out, by the way, listener, when you hear this. Yeah, it comes out first of the month, or I should say came out first of the month. Um <laughs> This is a witch movie, which is not usually my bag, but it's modern, uh, which is something I don't feel like we have a lot of really solid modern witch movies. Um, And this one seems like it does it pretty well. There's a few scenes in the trailer that had like not great acting, not great monologue performances delivered to the camera. But I think ultimately they'll 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 pale. They'll go by the wayside when you see like the, the package as a whole. At least that's the impression that I got out of it. The one scene that. I just rewatched it before we started recording. The one scene that still just continues to stick out to me that I kind of really like more than I expected to is the night vision shot of the baby in the crib and then the hand just yeah. like comes around the, the whatever you yeah. call what do you call the bar on a crib? I don't know. The cage. Oh, is that a is that a okay, <laughs> the, the cage. The cage. <laughs> Wraps around the cage. <laughs> I yeah, I kind of agree. Like that it's kind of a it's it's a shot that you've seen before. You could at least think you know what you're expecting, but it it looks pretty good. There are several shots in that trailer that are genuinely great. Yeah, exactly. I think, direct- yeah, I think directorally, well. this movie is fine. My concerns were kind of like echoing yours, Mark. I think there's some like y- more youthful angst here that I don't know if I need in my movie. But um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the The interplay between the older gentleman who appears to be the main character and the young kid who's sleeping in a boat. <laughs> is yeah. a bit strange. Hey, if you see anything weird around my house or your house, you have to tell me, okay? And when you say modern witch movies, you mean modern set witch movies, not movies made in the modern times. Correct. Yeah. Mo- oh, modern okay. era, not period piece witch movies. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Current witches, hipster witches, millennial witches, if you will, Jake. Got it. Well, now so, we're just talking about the craft. I was going to say it has to be post-craft. <laughs> yeah. Po- <laughs> exactly. Post-craft. God, the craft with rules. Pre-Vivitch. <laughs> well, man. hey, we got a draft coming up here relatively soon. Oh, man. Okay, let's uh, let's not stop there, though, boys. Let's also talk about a dark horse pick, and I wouldn't be surprised if all three of us picked the same one here. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll go first. Uh, I picked Blood Machines as yep. my dark horse pick. <laughs> yeah. What is this? What is this? <laughs> yeah. This is a, what, a sci-fi opera epic. I don't um, know. It's going to be on absolutely Shutter. absolutely baffling. I think yeah. this was made as a follow-up to just flat out a music video that I'm forgetting the artist that is doing the scoring for this, but it was a music video of theirs, and now there's a film. 
the synopsis provided by the trailer is an artificial intelligence escapes her spaceship to turn into a female ghost and challenges two Blade Runners to a galactic chase. Like, so what? Jesus. Like, what? <laughs> and the visuals are about on par with that explanation. Yeah, I love it's that. There is a ship that wild. appears to be made out of teeth or potentially powered by teeth. Uh, this has a abs- really, it has a really cool look to it. Like it really kind of B shit, interesting sci-fi. It and it's like drenched in neon, which is also really cool. This would yeah, have made nine-year-old Mark go fucking bananas. Yeah, the uh, in a good the, way. The musical artist for the record is Carpenter Brute. Oh yeah. Okay. Solid. Now, Mark, did you? I didn't hear you. Did you say you picked this one as your dark horse? I did not go down that path because I had the Ooh. Jack in the Box as my dark horse. Ah. Nice. Uh, that one, I mean, look, honestly, it was probably second in contention for top of the month, but really it does actually suit the bill pretty well for uh, a Dark Horse because there is a very distinct chance this movie sucks. <laughs> no, it's going to be great. I mean, I hope. I hope it's in the Terrifier <laughs> ilk, but we, oh, we man, shall see. Yeah. It's a terrifying clown. So, you know, it's got art vibes. So we managed to talk about five of the movies. Yeah, we managed to miss one movie specifically. Should we just drop it a mention so we get all six? Six for six? Z, coming out on Shudder. It's about a family haunted by their kid's imaginary friend. And that imaginary friend actually looks kind of creepy. Like, this yeah, movie I doesn't look like a slouch either. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I mean, that kid has a talent for drawing on walls. Oh my god, that mural fucked me up a little bit. I was surprised. Dude, if I walk in, I don't care how emotionally disturbed my child is. If I walk in and they're doing that level of sh- Sharpie art on their like wall, I am taking them down to Freak Alley Gallery and renting them out as some type of... Well, that sounds bad, but... <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna take him down to an alley and start renting him out. Start renting him out. That kid could do some like professional ass graffiti in some hipster pizza place. You know what I mean? I I got you. Yeah. I got you, buddy. Why does everything have to be hipster, Mark? Sharpie huh? art on the wall of a restaurant is definitively hipster. It lo- I don't know if that was sharp. It just looked rad. It was so cool looking. It was fucking creepy too. It looked like it might be on the wall of the pie hole here downtown, though. Yeah, the pie hole has great art. Yeah. I'm saying, and that's a hipster They're place. They're about due for an upgrade, too. I think it's been that dragon scene for, like, seven years. Yeah, well, Since I think Since that they got night, a couple... we went and watched Krampus and then got exorbitantly drunk. On <laughs> a Sunday night. I think the pile's got a one or two other things to worry about before they, they spruce up the art. I don't know. <laughs> hey, boys, let's, uh, let's go to the feature presentation. Yeah. <laughs> Over at ADCHorror.com this week, we watched 2020's VFW, which was a pick from Patreon member Ty. Ty, thank you again for the pick and for the support. Uh, we talked about this on HRR not too long ago, and we it looked awesome from the trailer. It looked like a ton of fun. Look, uh, I man. But take it, none of us had ever seen it before. Well, I mean, it came out like January. I mean, and we talk about all the horror movies we see these days. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It so hasn't you come do up the math yet, there, bud. <laughs> um, now, that said, I wouldn't put it past you, Jack, to be like, oh, yeah, I, I've seen this twice, and I just keep forgetting to talk about it because I don't take notes on anything. That has happened, but I've been taking <laughs> notes. Okay. I got a Google Doc. It's called Jack's Movie Watching Log. Is the watching with an N or a G, or both? An apostrophe. And I was going to say, if it's an N, it's probably going to have an apostrophe because Jack's gotcha. very proper. <laughs> He's a very proper boy. 
I am a very proper boy. Thank you, Jake. Now, boys, again, none of us picked this movie, so I think it's uh, once more time for us to go around the horn and do 10 seconds each to get to a 30-second plot synopsis. How are we feeling? We, I hate it. I'm not feeling great. Uh, I really, <laughs> we fucked this up this round. Like, we didn't go and ask. We didn't seek the 30-second thing, but I think the patrons also, like, got wise to the fact that, like, they weren't going to be offering them up because they had to do this once before. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, I did personally ask uh, Patreon member and noted pervert Larry to do a 30-second plot synopsis, and he refused. He did, well, he didn't watch the fucking movie! <laughs> <laughs> did he? All right, all right, boys. Uh, how are we feeling about order? Who wants to go first? Uh, Jake seems to think it matters where you go, <laughs> yeah, and Jake I don't. Yeah, Jake always picks. No, why don't you put <laughs> Jake- me in the middle again like you always do? <laughs> Jake goes first. I'll be in the middle. Mark, you want a back cleanup? Okay. I can do cleanup. <laughs> 30 seconds are on the goddamn clock. We're going to do this 10 seconds at a time. Here we go, Mark. A group of punks have a really hardcore drug that are getting a lot of people fucked up. Meanwhile, there's a group of VFWs that are going to celebrate one of their birthdays at the VFW clinic. They're just drinking, having a good time that night. Time, Jack. Uh, A woman steals the gang leader's drug because he killed her sister, so then she flees from them into the bar. Chaos ensues. They start uh, having to kill her pursuers. Time, Mark. Mark. Yeah, general siege modes ensues. They get fucking tanked in the bar and just kill a bunch of zombified drug addicts until the sun comes up and most of them die but a few time (laughs) yeah that might be the best job we've collectively ever done because it one person could do it in like maybe 11 seconds so yeah we (laughs) could almost do it in 30 yeah veterans fend off drug addicts in a in a bar end scene (laughs) yeah yeah it's very patriotic they have a representative from every war of the last (laughs) century or so yeah they don't have a world war ii guy in there (laughs) I wasn't sure the the first guy that dies who's like super old who's just smoking weed outside. I wasn't sure what Willie Nelson from. Sure, Uh, I'm. I thought they were all Nam except for the ones that were Korea. Yeah, that's what I thought too. And newer war, Afghanistan. Yeah, yeah, and Desert Storm and the the younger guy Lou or whatever the car salesman. I don't think he was Nam. I don't know. Maybe he was. I I thought they had all fought. I don't know. Maybe there's pals. Fuck, I missed that whole dynamic. That's not, not really what this movie leaned on. Yeah. Either way, there's a bunch of them. I think we did a pretty good job, so let's talk about what in the fuck subgenres of horror this movie fits into, except Home Invasion, because I'm taking that one. And Zombie, because I'm taking that one. Yeah, it's an interesting application. It's kind of a it's zombie impl- movie. It's yeah. absolutely a zombie movie. It's yeah. it's an interesting application of zombie, but I mean, they are... I don't really know what this is. It's like a super tweaked out coke that like really it's, fucks people up. It's I mean it's definitely an opioid, right? They say it's an opioid yeah. in the opioid. Well, so credits. that's the really fucking funny thing. They say it is in response to the opioid crisis, implying it is an opioid. By the way, they call it they name this drug hylofedrin and then never reference it again. Can we get can can we get no, no. into that when we actually get into the movie? Let's just put a pin in this whole thing cuz I okay. I guarantee you're going to get into a thing that should happen much later. Sure. Well, look, just sure, cr- sure. hylofedrin and they call it hype. Yep. Yes. Yep. 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 Um. So yeah. But anyway, they basically it it renders people as zombies, pretty much. Um, action. Like this is this is an action horror movie through and through. Yes. Splatter. Definitely splatter, splatter for sure. Yeah, splatter Those two for typically sure. go hand in hand. But yes. Yeah. I, I don't really have any others. Now nah, that's basically it. What did we say? Um. Zombie, splatter, home invasion, home invasion, home invasion slash action. siege. Um, is yeah. this an independent movie, Jack? 
Uh, probably. Oh it's a Joe Bagos directed <laughs> thing with like fucking Graham Skipper and that crew. I, it has a lot of How? big names in the stars, but yeah, the biggest name. I was delighted to see George Went in this thing. I was going to say Norm gonna get a Went appearance. They're, I knew oh, you were going to bring that. Man. So delightful. Fuck, I man. loved it. There's some. Oh God. Okay. Well, I'm already doing it. Let's talk about what this movie does right then, huh, boys? Number <laughs> Norm. one. Get Norm. Put him on a bar stool. Why doesn't every movie do this? It's the best. <laughs> Just in the background. Yeah. Oh God! I, mean, I love sure. seeing George went on a bar stool. So we can just we can say the casting, like the characters. Is is that overall though? Like I extend it past just him. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for absolutely for sure. Like when all the okay, cast. When this trailer pretty- dropped, I was excited because I am like my favorite horror movie is from Dust Till Dawn, and this pretty much like to me felt like oh we saw this work with Williamson like in a bar like fighting off zombie vampire things let's do that again bring him back do that thing that was fun and they were <laughs> right kind of ended up fun. playing out like that but with a bunch of other kick-ass guys in the mix too yeah absolutely oh it's fucking delightful man but honestly like I think the cast the casting was good I think that the cast had chemistry. A lot of their relationships, they, they, while not developed, we'll talk about that later, I think that their dialogue feels pretty natural. And then I think like the primary reason for that is they picked the right lead in this movie. Stephen, Stephen Lang, Lang is he's so good. I thought he was tremendous in this movie. He's fantastic. Yeah. He is. He's quite incredible. Yeah. He really pulls the whole thing together. The rest of the crew, I mean, I would say each of them sort of have this almost wacky sort of zany vibe to them as actors, but it's in such a serious setting here. Serious in a weird way, though, That's, right? Like, uh, yeah. It's not played for laughs, but it's still kind of funny. <laughs> it's, I, well, I mean, Fred Williamson appears to just be doing a Danny Glover impression. I think he's doing an impression of himself from from dusk till dawn. It's the same character. Yeah, man. also he's the same possible, fucking yeah. character. Yeah, he just <laughs> always does the same thing. Uh, but anyways, what I was getting at with Stephen Lang was like he takes it, he he gives it the seriousness that it deserves and ties the group together in a really good dynamic. I think it's important that it's like his birthday and everyone's trying to make him happy. So it, that kind of sort of changes the vibe of the whole the the power dynamic, I guess, of the relationship. But. Yeah, you also got William Sadler coming in. He's like the second in command here. He's Haywood from uh, Shawshank Redemption. Been a lot. <laughs> been a while since I've seen that dude. Um, yeah, well, another the, cast. The the thing, the other thing that I love, like this movie, we'll get into. This is kind of my next point. So we're starting to meld two things. But this is a movie made by people that love a lot of the same movies that I really love. Like mentioned from Dust Till Dawn, another one of my all time favorites is The Warriors. And not only does this have, like, a feel that's kind of like the Warriors, and they even have a sequence that feels like that where they put out the call to, like, go and get them, right? It it reminds me of the Warriors. But fucking the Willie Nelson character in this movie is Luther from the Warriors. <laughs> Come out and <laughs> play! It's like they just cast the same guy. It's fucking amazing. They know what they're doing. They know what they're doing in this movie, and they did it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is this is one of those great movies that is clearly paying homage to specific things without just yeah. aping them entirely. And right? those so specific things are my favorite things, like ever. So <laughs> I don't know. In a way, yeah. this was thank you, Ty. I don't. I uh, Oh, this was a delight. Uh, this movie does a lot of stuff right. Let, but I yeah, can't yeah. believe we've gotten this far into the segment without talking about the effects and the gore yet. Holy uh, macaroni! It's so much practical, and it's so good. It's, oh, God. It's such great 80s 
70s, and, and it's 80s perfect, splatter fucking amazingness. Just limbs yeah, they're also flying everywhere, gratuity. It's so good. It they opens up. Clearly- it, it opens up with this, this uh, I don't remember her name, Lizard's sister. Yeah, uh, that was so good. <laughs> jumping from the balcony in a preposterous belly flop. But it's not just like she lands with a thud. It's like she lands on a large balloon so- filled with... Blood. Blood substitute. Yeah. <laughs> it's wild. It's, so, li- listener, to paint, a, to paint a word picture of a movie that I guarantee and hope you have seen if you're listening to this podcast at this point, because spoilers, but whatever, they aren't that important. She's jumping off the balcony of a theater to, like, the lower level where the seating isn't, so it's like a cement floor, and she lands, and it's just a sea of blood, like, coming out of <laughs> every orifice. Like she belly flopped into a, like, wading pool full of fake blood. <laughs> it's so good. And they clearly have the like skills and expertise to make those things look good and realistic if they wanted to. They do it yeah. a couple of times, but the tone of this movie is is served very well by them just not giving a shit about it a lot of the time and yeah. like choosing to very specifically make it not realistic. For sure, true. There's a lot of like the the axes and knives and shit and going into people's various arteries and just ginormous blood spray across the screen and all that stuff. But the coup d'etat of the entire movie is coup de gras, coup de gras of the gras. entire movie. There you go. <laughs> Thank you. Um, is the very last scene when the gigantic bus Jeep thing crashes into the truck and there's like a second delay and then a g- enormous exp- like fireball just yeah. for no almost, reason it's and straight it out has, of like the 21 jump street movie yeah and it even has like that thing that, that you'll see in movies of this ilk and era where it has like that secondary angle and you see the action of both <laughs> so it kind of does a quick rewind so you have the primary, it hits the, ma- the villain, and the, like, the, it, it hits him and the fire starts, and then you get this low-down angle, and it hits him again. It's just, it's so good. It's we like needed to make sure you saw that, because it was one take, from, y'all. Yeah, it's like the Toby head explosion scene from Threat Level Midnight. You just gotta have that from every possible angle. Yeah, yeah. But Speaking this is, of this head is explosions, exactly what I'm about, there were right? like, a lot of head crushings in this movie. I can count. I can remember. Lot. I can remember five. I can remember two that were basically the same within a sequence of five minutes, where it's just a character going completely apeshit on another character's head for like, I mean, forty-five times, like just <laughs> continuously within five minutes of each other. It's like what? <laughs> and this is sort of what I was getting at earlier. Like the movie itself is technically serious, but the amount of like cartoonish lunacy and violence in it is enough that it's actually kind of circling back on itself. And I know exactly what you mean. And that's where it reminded me again of a movie like the warriors, which is serious and dark and grimy, but at the same time, everything that's happening is not serious, right? Like you have this like super the baseball theories. Yeah. You have this super dark a super dark setting and like if you think about it from a high level perspective like a serious some serious shit that the main characters are in but then it's like what they're actually dealing with practically is absurd and yes. the other thing that it reminded me of too bo- a gang on rollerblades it's so fucking stupid it's so <laughs> stupid another thing that it reminded me of was uh, escape from new york in the way that it handled itself tonally and part of that too is the score i really like the score here it's obviously paying homage uh-huh. to those movies from the 80s it, it's like a synth heavy, just it's rawr, drenched. And you hear that a lot right now. And I know that some people are probably getting sick of this 80s throwback thing. I'm going to talk more about the creators of this movie a little bit later. But 
this is kind of what they do. This is what they like. And I am not getting tired of it because this is also kind of my bailiwick. But that reminded me of those two movies in particular in the score as well. And this is a very subjective one, but I put it in what the movie does right. That kind of aids to the movie feeling like it takes itself seriously to me because it's droning, it's heavy, it's synth, and it's kind of brooding. But then you've got people just like being absurd in front of that or on top of that. Absolutely, yeah. No, it's it's a fantastic score, and it fits the the tone perfectly. They really nail the tone from start to finish throughout this whole thing. And it's a it's a razor thin line where if it's too serious, then you're not having a good time, and you're just watching weird, gratuitous, like almost torture porn. And if it's too goofy, then it's just like, what the fuck is happening? This yeah. is too close to a B movie. So one yeah. more note on the effects before we get too far afield here. Uh, I I can't remember the outfit, but because they did such a good job, and this movie is kind of like all about the effects, they also did the effects on Southbound and The Ritual, two movies that this podcast Ooh. advocates for. So yes, just definitely. another example. <laughs> yeah, and two movies with great effects, yeah. Um, it's uh, very unsurprising. I think the villain is another thing this movie does right. He's so arch. So arch. Oh, my God, yeah, fucking, exactly. I uh, love him so much. It's, it's He really also is a big part of why the movie tonally is what it is. So say, say more about that, because I kind of found myself grappling with like where to put him. I ultimately put him in what it does middle, because I agree with what you're saying, but he's also the type that you're like, this isn't a good villain, man. I legitimately oh, think you can make an argument that he fits into every single one of the categories. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally understand what you mean. From a writing yeah. standpoint, from a writing standpoint, he, it, I agree with Jack. He fits into the does right category. From a performance standpoint, and I don't really mean to put Travis Hammer here on blast, who the, he's, he's the actor who portrays him, but not great. Not a great performance. <laughs> I love it, man. He's chewing the scenery. He's going absolutely <laughs> ham. You could say that, sure. <laughs> I mean, in fairness to him, the worst line in the entire movie was the one they included in the uh, in the trailer about how Ugh, soldiers are really good at dying then or whatever. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. Says. Yeah, good thing you're a bunch of soldiers. Soldiers are good at dying. Yeah. <laughs> the rest of his stuff. And it, I mean, I think I'm overweighting that line because it was in the trailer and I knew it was coming. Um, the rest of the scenes that he's in are But that's what blind. his character is supposed to be like. I think he, but he's it, playing that the way it should be, which is not good, but not necessarily his fault. I don't know. I don't know if that's true. a performance issue. If you handed issue. that in the script, I don't know what you're like. <laughs> I don't know how you're supposed a, a to do A nuanced way to read that yeah, line. That's just yeah. like, you see that and you're like, all right, man, here we go. <laughs> let's do it. Yeah, let's, uh, let's, do let's, take our, let's take our Patreon budget, see if we can commission uh, Leonardo DiCaprio to do a line reading of that. Holy shit. You know, with just, Leonardo DiCaprio, huh? I don't know. Sure. Why not? Timothy Chalamet? <laughs> Who do you want? <laughs> uh, I want fuck. Now I can't think of another actor. God Ans- damn it! You Ansel got Elgort? me, Mark. <laughs> Name a woman, Jack. <laughs> Name a woman. <laughs> Name a woman. <laughs> fuck. Um, but I. So I think he really, for me, he like crystallized the tone in parts when it is getting a little too dark and too weird. Then you see like his dumb face poking through a hole. Like I see you in there. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. That the scene with the peephole was a little was a little much. <laughs> it didn't make any fucking sense. Uh, I'm kind of out of things. The movie does hard right. I want to plug one thing, which is that in a movie such as this, where you're having like the siege type movie, especially where you have like the group of capable people inside that are ready and willing to fight back. I love the getting armed up scene, like the the 
the figuring montage. out figuring yeah the montage of figuring out like what can be used as a weapon nailing nails into baseball bats and shit like that and i love that it always includes at least one thing that you can't tell what the fuck they're making until you see it used later and typically those things make sense where you're like oh that's how the trap is supposed to work that's how this device is supposed to work in this movie and i did find it still charming even if it was absolutely ludicrous they take tennis balls Fill them with, I think, gunpowder that they get from bullets. And then put a bunch of matches in them. <laughs> Stick a bunch of matches in them and use them as grenades, which, I look, I'm couching all of this in what the movie does right. I thought this was hilarious and wonderful and it made me like the movie more and this is where it goes. But also, maybe don't pull up all your bullets apart to make like slap dick grenades <laughs> out of tennis balls that Maybe thing did kill like 35 of those tweakers though it killed like three if you, if you do use all your bullets to make these fake grenades use them more often than the once they only use one on screen one time <laughs> exactly yeah. hey you know what your bar is full of alcohol you know what alcohol can be used to make Molotov cocktails that are just as effective and don't cost Mark, bullets Mark they need to drink the alcohol they drink so <laughs> much in this fucking They can't movie. waste yeah. good alcohol on that shit. I'm actually really me? glad you brought that up because that is another thing this movie does right. I love that they just, every break in the action, they're doing another round of shots. I, dude, they would be so fucking tanked at the end of this movie. Yeah, and, the, the and these guys are like day. in their 70s. Like, I know that <laughs> you can build up some tolerance, but... Uh... Over the course of this day, the hero, Fred, had, I mean, 25, 30 shots... I don't in know, addition man. to all the beers or more, because he starts drinking vodka in the car in his truck on the way over at like 9 a.m. And this is a good example of how this is less absurd. On the continuum of absurd to serious, this is less absurd than From Dust Till Dawn. Because in From Dust Till Dawn, I mean, there's like sh- scenes devoted to drinking like 30 shots, right? Yeah. This is not that. This is something where y- we are commenting on, whoa, they drank a lot. That lends that kind of shows that it's at least somewhat more serious. But yeah, they're yeah. drinking all the time here. Oh my god. And I think including the, like in his breakdown scene, he chugs like half a fucking bottle. Yeah, he just walks up with the whole fucking bottle. Yeah. That's <laughs> like one of the at, three man. people that is currently on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go, Jack. I mean it's a good Things pick. are going great, Mark. Things are good. <laughs> The yep. this movie really improved my mood. I'm not gonna fucking lie. the The oh, other yeah. thing that I want to say in good because I don't really know where to talk about this is that just personally, like, this is something a really good litmus test for me. I'm discovering on like whether I'm gonna have a good time with a movie, especially like an indie horror flick, is if it has Graham Skipper involved in it. So, Jack, I think it was one of the omnibus recommendations that you made to me was uh-huh. the last Joe Bagos directed movie that had Graham Skipper in it, which was Mind's Eye. And that movie was fun, oh, yeah. and we liked it. This one is, I, rating spoilers, this is a superior movie. But, like, all of these, I'm noticing, are very, very, very 80s, and, like, that's the style that this crew that runs together are doing. Like, I would triple feature this shit with Beyond the Gates, that one about, like, the fucking... Uh, role playing games tape. that had Barb, yeah, the VHS t- like games with Barbara Crampton in it, and Sequence Break, which was the haunted arcade cabinet. That's all like Graham Skipper shit. And then like he's been in Carnage Park, which is a Mickey Keating movie that I liked. Mind's Eye that I already mentioned. Like all of these are kind of co- like they are this new wave of 
this 30-year cycle of people who are around our age or maybe a little bit older that are doing this 80s thing because they love it and it's what they remember from when they were very, very little. And I fucking, it's just like my happy place. And I like it a oh, lot. It's, it's delightful. Yeah. Uh, I think I did think of one of the things the movie does right from a writing perspective, the simplicity of the plot. It's it's not something that's super hard to get right, but it's absolutely critical that you keep this like so fucking simple. And yeah. a lot of great action movies have to do this, right? All the best ones, like The Raid or John Wick or fucking The Purge. It's just like, here, yo, we got a couple of title cards that are telling you about the situation. Yeah. Go. And I would actually argue that even the original Purge isn't that simple. But yeah, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. You just need it to not get in the way of the thing yeah. that you're actually there to do, right? You need it to a certain extent to set up the scene, give people motivations and whatnot, but then just get the fuck out. Like, get out of the way. Just let us blow things up and shoot each other and make grenades out of tennis balls and matchsticks. Yes. Yes. Push yes. someone's head into a deer antler. Yes. Yes. <laughs> There's like 35 examples of my favorite thing in this movie. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, can, can we also just mention the flagpole kill? Just as it, it hard what the movie does right. It's yes, fantastic. yes, absolutely. The du- <laughs> the double flagpole. She gets yeah, it from like she gets two chest. flagpoles, and then like sets the flag upright by stabbing it down through her head. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Oh, very good. Very very good. Let's talk about what it does in the middle. This is where I had the. This is where I had the villain. But we kind of I we've, mean, beaten, that, we've beaten that one to death. So, yep, I had I, I had the villain in does wrong, and as I said earlier, it can go into any one of the categories. Like, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's always correct. The Another, only one I had in, oh, in middle um, was the use of color, only because I mean uh-huh. this movie is fucking <laughs> drenched in two colors, blue and red, with a few white undertones, and it, maybe okay. they're going for that red, white, and blue thing, or maybe they're just going for like the sort of like. Dark neon vibe. These are the neon signs. Those are the colors of neon signs. Yeah, sure. But either way, I mean, it's clearly a stylistic choice, and it didn't like actively distract me. But a few of the scenes are like legitimately just they're they're just blue. You're just looking at blue people. (laughs) You're watching. (laughs) They did a lot of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's a lot of color correction in this. It's also drastic choice. It doesn't always work perfectly. It's kind of like Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Right where they filmed that when everything was green and lush, and then they had to, it's like they digitally color corrected all the greens in the movie to like yellow and brown, so it would look all kind of dusty. And there's some instances where you could see something that's like artifacted in kind of green. The color correction in this movie doesn't always work like that uh, as well. I mean, I didn't pick up anything like that, but yeah, I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense that there would be something. I assume they mostly just lit it with they were, they just brought in walls of blue light, and they were just like, okay. Try and, yeah. try and yeah. keep your eyes I, open. I think, yeah, the in the in universe explanation for that is they're really just trying to like have it Split be like light. it's drenched in those neon signs because that's the only source of light inside the bar. Because like the fucking VFW place doesn't have any windows, so like where's the light coming from? The neon signs, but then they oversaturate it with that. So like, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of it. If you like it and that's your thing, like you kind of know exactly what we're talking about at this point. But it is what it is. I enjoyed it. The typification yeah. of that was the like one liner scene which I put in middle. This was where um what the hell was his name? Was his name Frank? What was his name? Fred, the main Fred. guy. Fred. Jesus Christ. I don't know. This is another movie where you don't know anyone's goddamn name. Yeah. Um <laughs> He has the one liner after he kind of like comes up out of the belly of the beast with the pep talk and he's like, let's go, and he's framed perfectly underneath the shining glimmer of the Bud Light (laughs) neon sign. And it's also, like, 
it's framed perfectly because you can see in frame the frame of the U.S. flag just off his shoulder. It's just like it's so fucking stupid, but it's so funny. <laughs> that was that was middle. The, 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 the only- middle is jingoism. <laughs> <laughs> That's what this movie does in middle. <laughs> it's yeah, yeah, but in like I'd, a I don't know. I don't yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that here in a second. Uh but the only thing I had in does middle was that opening cue card, which I kind of love because it sets it up very simply, but I also kind of hated because it was way it was even more complex than it needed to be so and dumb. Up. Yeah. <laughs> Halo Fedric. And it wasn't necessary at all. Like you could have got you didn't need a title card. We could have figured out what's happening here. The, we didn't the need whole to know intro that like, sequence, so like blood explosion belly flop happens, and then you have the intro sequence after the title card where it's going through everybody in the movie. And Joe Begos comes up fucking twice. It had him two times. So I had this in middle because it was moody and it really, that's where you first got a taste for like that synth score, which drones and like gets you into the vibe that this is giving you, which is overly serious despite what's happening within the environment. But that shit took like, it didn't stop until we were 12 minutes into the movie. And this is like a movie that you're into the credits before the 90 minute mark. That's oh, too, yeah. That's too long. Yeah, that's one of the <laughs> yeah. things I'd written down, too. You're not exaggerating. The credits are flashing up on screen 12 minutes into this movie. Yeah. That's too much. <laughs> I liked what it did that's to start to set the tone, therefore middle, but that's too much, guys. Fair enough. Fair enough. Should we move on to what it does wrong? Yes, we shall. Okay. The first thing I have it does wrong is Fred's whole breakdown. I hated and found to be wildly unnecessary, and it also rips me out of the movie because I'm like, he chugged half a bottle of whiskey and was so drunk he couldn't set the bottle down on the ground and then comes out raring and ready to go. I do like how incoherent he gets for a moment. Though. Like, literally, yeah. you cannot tell what the fuck he's trying to say. Which, like, he should be that drunk, but he should then stay that drunk. And he, he delivers it in such a way that it's like, it's exactly... When you've ever talked to someone who is like just on the the good side of way too drunk, where they're clearly they know exactly what they're fucking trying to say. They're a man on a mission. They have a point that they're trying to make, and uh, you cannot tell what it is, but they're 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 clearly convinced that it's true. <laughs> Absolutely, that's a really good point. <laughs> oh oh god. But I hated the whole breakdown, man. It just didn't I didn't need to be in there. I didn't it didn't feel particularly believable that this guy who like earlier was moving his almost dead friend's boot to get a drink off the bar I would mean, then just like it's, yeah. it, 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 it was performed fine. It was just too rapid. You kind of felt like they were like we need to have the low point and we don't know how else to do it. Yeah, or we don't exactly. know what to not how else, but like what to even do. So like, here's insert belly of the beast or whatever they call that shit, belly of the whale. Right. Go. Exactly. I, I also know. really, really disliked the uh, the what's her name lizard character, and so to have her be like the speech, the inspiring speech when episode, she like, gave God. the fucking pep talk, I almost lost my mind. Yeah, it was like dumb. this is so misplaced. <laughs> I hated that shit. <laughs> I had that and what does wrong. I don't need a fucking pep talk from lizard. From a drug addict <laughs> idiot. God, I don't know. Is she a drug addict? I don't think she's a drug addict. I think she she's a more recovering like... drug addict. She was in the gang for a minute, I thought. Okay. I mean, they all knew who she was. She was. Well, yeah, but I like... thought it was more like, I don't know, her sister was there and like she was trying to like stop it. I don't fucking know. I'm, we're putting way too much thought into these characters. Whatever. Point. I still think she's an idiot. Why doesn't she fucking tell them what's going on after they save her life and murder three people immediately? Yeah. 
Maybe a little bit the, more explanation would be helpful. The only question <laughs> that I have there is like it, they kind of try to explain that is if it like the the answer is it doesn't matter at that point because like one of the first people they kill is Graham Skipper's character, the the head explosion, his younger brother. That's Graham Skipper. Uh, at yeah, that right. point, like all of the rest of this was going to have to happen regardless, according to the oh, movie. Oh, for sure. Lore. So, but like, why is she eh. silent for minutes after that first attack and not like thanks for saving I, I, my yeah. life? There, there's it's been going a very be hard more. day for her. Okay, she's she's seen some shit. Her sister oh died, man. <laughs> my God. Oh God. I am a little confused. This is one of the other things I had in the movie and does wrong. And this is probably bordering a nitpick, but we're not there yet. How did she actually like get the drug? So the the revelation that they have when they're trying to interrogate her and she won't fucking talk is the one guy goes into the bathroom, the toilet won't flush, and he opens it up and the drugs are inside the toilet. The drugs flew under the pool table or whatever when she came in and was tackled, and then you don't see them again until they're inside the toilet, and she never left the room. So how the fuck did the... where? We don't... There could have... Something could have happened off screen. It wasn't like you had a steady shot on the room. Yeah, that action scene is so cut up. You could... She could have slipped away. I mean, I guess maybe typically you don't if you have like the MacGuffin in a movie that like the main prop that everyone's paying attention to and trying to get. You don't typically just like cut away from it and then be like, ah, stuff happened off screen and it moved. We don't know where it is. <laughs> don't don't I, pay man, any attention to it. I have a problem with like her ability to obtain that and get out of that facility multiple times when she's running out of the, the drug den. There are minions like eight feet behind her. It's like she's definitely caught. She is fully 100% caught by these people. Can you imagine if this movie took place in the universe of Green Room? Like, there are not two more dissimilar realities than this (laughs) and Green Room. (laughs) Yeah. Like, oh, she's a god. She would be like Doberman or or Pitbulls or whatever, just immediately. Yeah. This is, like, hyper, uh, I don't even know, unrealistic in that regard, and then Green Room is, like, brutally almost over the top (laughs) in how impossible anything is. Yeah, Should we just take a moment to compare Patrick Stewart to to Boz? No. I mean, Patrick Stewart's way better. Jesus, they're also (laughs) different, man. Like, that's such a... I love fucking... Green Room, I love Green Room. Oh, my God, I love it. But I love what this movie's doing, too, in a very different way. Oh, yeah. It's One, I will watch because it, it will make me feature. happy. One, I will watch if I'm in a certain mood. Green Room is like a, you got to, there's requirements listed. Yeah. This one I'll always just flip on and yes. check it out. Again, yeah. rating spoilers, damn. <laughs> what else does the movie do wrong? Uh, so the thing the movie does wrong prime is the ending of the movie. The very, very ending. The moral of the story. So this whole thing... <laughs> Is, I mean, it's primarily motivated by just, like, old dudes kicking ass. That's awesome. Or I guess just veterans kicking ass because there is the one young gun amongst them who is also an ass kicker. But the other kind of secondary point of this is that it's set against a drug crisis. They shoehorn in the opioid thing for some reason. We'll talk about that more in nitpicks. But then at the very end, they're like, oh, we have a brick of this drug. Let's sell it on the streets and make enough money to get the bar back to being functional. Yeah, it's very strange. And yeah, so so they they win by becoming drug dealers themselves. Yay, morals. (laughs) What the fuck? This is a very (laughs) Every message the movie tries to send is muddled and stupid. Like there's a whole scene where with Boz or whatever talking about how the soldiers are murderers and he likes doing it. It's like seems to be diving a little bit into that philosophical debate of like, are you a murderer if you're a soldier? All that kind of stuff. It's like you don't need any of that. It's misplaced and clumsily handled. Yeah, they shouldn't have tried to apply that at all yeah 
That one's not an we we you didn't blow a whistle, did you? Because that you're right. That was fucking stupid. I was like, yeah, I that is. That. I was. I hated that. That is exactly wrong. That is well beyond the realm of a nitpick. That is something that is philosophically straight up incorrect about this movie. Yep. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> terrible. You're right. Very uh, stupid. And guess what? I don't fucking care. <laughs> Yeah, because yeah, all I'm going to remember and everything that's going to drive me back to this movie, I don't know, five more times or more is going to be just how fucking off the hook, whatever, rad. Uh, Jesus, what? <laughs> Did you know that a symptom of COVID among young people is stroke? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Thanks for blowing that whistle, Mark. Yeah, um, we are in nitpicks because Jake started a short circuit. Yeah, dude, after her sister Lucy jumps off the balcony, when she flips her around amidst a pool of blood, there is, like, no visible damage There's to no her damage. face. She just has front. blood on her. She got red <laughs> on her. And, and and while we're talking about that scene, so the whole reason that she vaults herself over the over the balcony is because there's drugs on the floor this fall is i mean maybe 30 feet they don't really show it to you but it's not that far it's just a normal fucking theater. it's not there it's not 30 feet to be clear right like it would be maximum realistically probably 20 feet if you were in like one of yeah. those big ass fancy theaters maybe yeah. a little bit more but not to the point where you're gonna explode whatever they're they're going for the blood fountain that's fine but the character, it's very clearly just a mannequin that they drop because the character isn't even like reaching for the drugs or trying to let it's they land in the worst possible way to fall. <laughs> it's the exact opposite of a cat, right? Like you drop a cat and it lands on its feet. You drop a person in this scenario and they land exactly on their tummy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then explode. <laughs> like why would you but like yeah. Uh, I I can't. I don't know. They didn't I, even I, like. It they didn't pick? even. It was rad. It was rad. It was so fucking funny. I love I, that. Shit. I totally agree. But like, there, it's the it's the little. Th- I think the thing that bothered me the most about this. Look, if you're gonna use your your mannequin drop and blood balloons and all that stuff, that's awesome. Clearly, it worked. When you cut back and you have Lizard finding her sister, at least have her sister's arm like outstretched and show like her hand a, an inch or two away from the vial of the drug. Yeah. Right. Instead, yeah. it's just they're at their side, her her side. She wasn't even like trying to go for it. Like, I don't know. Think about what would actually happen. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Not the point, Mark. Okay, I'm sorry. I got to <laughs> I got to uh, role play with it. My bad. <laughs> uh, since we blowed the whistle, I thought it was very strange that they both like. There's a title card telling you like law enforcement has retreated in the face of this dangerous new drug that's caused chaos in the streets. But then they still talk about why the police aren't coming a lot during the movie. It's like, hey, do one or the other. You definitely don't need both. I was already not expecting the cops to show up. Well, and like there isn't chaos in the streets during the daytime. Everything's fine, seemingly. Yeah. The, the gang members are afraid of the sun coming up. And yeah, the like, what the hell is like, that? What is that? Why? <laughs> well, they're va- they're vampires. We oh. have to get in before the sun comes up, or we're fucked. Why? Yeah, what the police fuck force was that? that? That's such a weird throwaway. Okay, you're getting to fuck. I hated the sidekick character. Okay. Oh my okay. god, <laughs> the weird samurai okay. chick. Yeah, but okay. again, that's like we. I, you can't. I can't put it in does wrong because you've seen this shit in other movies that I know that these people are trying to like. Pay homage to, but oh my god, I hate that character type. You're talking about Dora Madison's character? Yes. Gutter. Oh my god. It's so bad. I didn't love it its existence in the movie. I think it's weird that she has like a homemade sword in a scabbard on her back for some reason. When they're not like it's not a siege at the start of the movie. I will say though, I think I'm in love with her. 
I think I'm in love with Dora Madison. That man and those cool, like, steampunky costumes and the sword. It ah. wasn't steampunky. What? It's a little steampunky. There's punky. no steam. Where's the steam? There's a little steampunky. It might be. It's punk. Where's the it's, steam? Yeah, it's just, it's just punk. Cyberpunky. This, it's, it's like they took the steam out of steampunk. I don't know what to call that. <laughs> I love her. I mean, okay, fair. I, I mean, you. she's very attractive. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> Her character's very stupid in that movie. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, hey, speaking of stupid, let's talk about shoehorning in the opioid crisis and the nature of hylophedrine as a drug. Okay, First off, let's. Ki- kind, of a, kind of a not pick, that just amusing. I did find it charming and quaint when, I, when we could hearken back to a time when... Movies thought that they had to shoehorn in the opioid crisis. <laughs> oh, it's great. Yeah. And that was the thing that was torturing the planet. Um, <laughs> that said... <laughs> that six-month-ago fucking naivete. <laughs> yeah, that said, why why do, they bring, why do they bring in the opioid crisis? Especially, look, if you want to make an opioid drug, that's fine. Do that. <laughs> that's a great way to cause distress on the streets. But this drug is very clearly not... An opioid. This is a mixture of like meth, PCP, and bath salts, which I don't think anyone has ever been like, oh, I'm out of opioids. Let me go see what kind of meth I can score. I mean, that's probably yeah. happened. I don't know why yeah. I said that. Yeah. But <laughs> not not the okay. logical change of, of addiction for a society in that case. Yeah. Also, I mean, this because of the nomenclature of this drug, right? Hylophedrine, it 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 should be a uh, a hormone, right? biochemicals biochemical chemicals that end in INE are hormones like adrenaline or epinephrine. So I don't know. <laughs> fun very fun fact confused. about this podcast that doesn't come up very frequently. Jack actually does have his degree in biochemistry. Yeah, I do. And sometimes I get to use it. Yeah. Everyone's <laughs> and then you became it's a coming lawyer. handy once in the last ten years. <laughs> Good work. Yeah. Uh but it none of it makes any fucking sense. Whether it is or is not an opioid that has the wrong nomenclature, it doesn't make any fucking sense. Then the the old dude takes it and fucking goes like gets hyped up, I think, but it doesn't seem to do anything really. That was the part that was honestly the part that set it over the edge because up until that point I was like, look, these are just junkies trying to get high. They're not affected by the drug. They're jonesing for it, and that's what makes them go fucking nuts. And then, and then he tears the package open. Abe does. Fred Williamson's character yeah. tears it open and takes a gigantic hit of it, and that's what turns him into Super Saiyan that he can take on a bunch of these dudes at once. And it's, <laughs> that was the part where I was realizing that that was what they were saying the drug did, that it turns you into some type of immune Zombie. to pain superhero thing. Yeah. Also, like, gives you weird vein lines around your that mouth was I think. quite inconsistent though i felt yeah that wasn't applied to everyone it was applied super duper to lizard's sister to whatever her yeah. fuck her name was and then like a bit to like the zombified horde but i guess like i might my, my assumption is that you got to be on it for a while and then you'll develop that sort of uh, yeah exactly I an think issue that, but yeah. you know I <laughs> it's know. much like it's much like crocodile in that way yeah much like mark <laughs> It's it's seemingly a combination of crocodile, bath salts, meth, and PCP. That's yeah, not a but, combination you should tamper with, kids. But also doesn't affect him immediately after he takes it. Like it waits a while before yeah. it kicks in for well, him, or it doesn't really ever kick in. There's, I would argue, there's never really a moment where all of a sudden he like draws upon the strength of the drug. He just he just took some drugs. But there's there's a part where he's like. Tw- 
there's a part where he's like twitching in a, in a kind of a calm moment. I think after the after he took the drugs, but that, it, ah, who either way who? not great. Williamson's Abe. character, yeah. yeah. Oh, by the way, at the in the end credits, I saw that the young guy's last name was Williamson, and I was like, oh shit. <laughs> but I I looked it up into the best of my ability. They're not related. <laughs> um, <laughs> little nepotiz. Little nepotiz. Yo Yo Ma's cousin, little nepotiz. Uh, I have a neat pick, and that's the all of the Gordy Howe references. Pulled out a Gordy oh, Howe so hockey stick. Yeah. Start talking about Gordy a lot. I loved it. I love it. Just call me Gordy. Uh, so I do. Good. I do have to say, a hockey stick would be like one of the last things I would reach for in that scenario. It's yeah, so hockey sticks break a lot. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> it Guys, is long, lot. it is fragile, and it is not deadly. I wouldn't say it's <laughs> fragile, but if you start beating humans with it, it's going to go down. Trust me, I've broken a lot of sticks on humans. <laughs> yeah, and none of them were severely incapacitated. No, hell no. No, they were fine. I just got <laughs> no, penalties. In fact, it made them more mad. Yeah. <laughs> they they came right after him. Yeah. Why, why didn't you... Why didn't Williamson grab the cool, like square-edged machete thing the first Be- time they're gathering up weapons. Because, because you had to it. allow that to... It, what the hell is that called, A? B... Like a sugarcane hacker, I don't know. Whatever the shit it's called, it's uh, it's it's Chekhov's underscore that. Chekhov's yeah, they stare at it. There's Chekhov's that and cleaver. their enormous vehicle. Yeah, that I only know as a barracks OL because that's what it was called in one of the Grand Theft Auto games. <laughs> Grand Theft Auto Three, if I remember correctly, you get that you could get that puppy going and just plow through cars. It wouldn't even change your speed or direction at all. It was the best. It was yeah, you know, it's such a fun fucking game. If you're just tuning in, this is Mark describes old video games that have nothing to do with horror cast. Well, actually, yeah, that is probably a good subtitle for this. <laughs> I talk about old video games. You talk about 1990s sitcoms and cartoons, and Jake checks out. That yeah, is rude. Yeah, Why are you right. so rude? What? I'm listening intently. Yeah, Mark, it appears to be a sugarcane machete. Okay, there you go. Is what you'd call it. Not not the vehicle, <laughs> but I think you figured that out. Uh, while we're generally talking about the choices of weapons and who gets them, um, why would you give one of your two guns to the guy with one shoulder who is bleeding out on the bar? <laughs> give it yep. to... If you're going to have Lizard stand over him and like protect him, give her the shotgun. She can fire it and aim it. And granted, yeah. the guy they give it to lands the hit, like he makes the shot, but... Sort of. What? <laughs> also, yeah. I mean, the, the the introduction of the young bucks, like shooting of six people, just square dead center headshots, is like, you should give him all the guns, probably. Yeah. Never don't let him not have a gun. And also <laughs> stop taking his bullets and turning them into shitty grenades. <laughs> oh, God. 100%. The last nitpick I had was just with... I, I feel like they all, you always try and do this where you give the, the characters some endearing trait that they're, like, super neurotic about. And in this case, they gave Lou the necessity to constantly negotiate things. I hated it. It's very stupid. It's he's, so he's such a salesman, dumb. Mark. He can't not do it. And I guess that's fine. But the thing is... He's bad at negotiating. He's fucking terrible at negotiating. It's because he he's a fucking like, used car salesman, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, but usually those those motherfuckers are like silver-tongued, you know? You Not kind of expect really. them to be 
actually good at negotiating because they're selling a shitty product. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay, fine. Uh, When Boz picks up the... After the power goes out everywhere, is the sound system on which Boz is making that announcement on its own independent power source? Like, why is that the one thing that's still active? They They got a Jenny. Apparently, yeah. and that's I have another problem with when they activate the Jenny, and it's just you can't just like ha- turn on a Jenny and have it be an alternate power source to City Grid. Like that's not how that works. You can't just fire up a generator, do nothing else, and have the bar have power again. You need to switch over input source. You guys are both looking at me incredulously. They have <laughs> they have it hardwired in as a backup source, Jack. I can't fathom the electronics required to make that happen. So you know how you know how you can have solar cells on your house and they feed the electricity back into the grid when yes. your house doesn't need it? They're doing that with the Jenny. Not, they just keep I'm the gas saying... Jenny running at all times and it yeah. just feeds electricity back into the grid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just saying this is a shitty old generator lying on the floor of the back room of a shitty dive bar. I love that bar so much. I knew, yeah, I, I knew this up. was going to come up at least once. This <laughs> yeah. is such I was waiting. I'm, frankly, I'm surprised. Ever. I had forgotten about my thought that this would come up, and I'm surprised it took this long. We're an hour in. <laughs> well, look, I can't really go there. I'm not a veteran. I'm not going to do any stolen valor, so I can't drink there, even though I'd love to. Uh, would you go in and perform like a stand-up set? Out <laughs> <laughs> of Use that as your rationale? Do, do like a USO tour type thing? There we go. Yeah, I'm supporting the troops. <laughs> Yikes. And with that, let's go to ratings. Yikes. You want to stop there? Okay. Making your way in the world today takes everything you've got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. We over to see horror use a 1 through 10 rating system to write the movies we watch. For one, think about James Franco, who would write how fair that pan-covered son of a bitch plays. That pan-covered son of a bitch back at the bank don't hardly fight fair, in my opinion. And for 10, think of you'd rate this newscaster's ability to pronounce Welsh names. Just up the road from Llanbiad Pushgwingish, go get a quindrobos, Llanticilio, go, go, go. The temperature got to 21 Celsius. Story is the first category to rate these movies, and I'm going to go first for story. It's a five for story. Um, again, like we said, it's a simplistic story. Uh, it needs to be. They don't overly complicate it too much, but when they do try to step away from the very simple story they've created, it gets actively worse. So it's a five. It's a serviceable story. Mark, how about you? Uh, I went a little bit lower. I gave it a four. I I think ultimately, I'm look, it, we talked about this a little bit earlier. The movie does what it should, and then it gets out of the way, but if we're rating it purely for story, the main thing that I'm penalizing it for here is the turn that it takes at the end where everybody just becomes drug dealers. And the person who should object to this the most, the Lizard, who is now one-third of the group, is just fucking fine with the fact that they're going to turn this drug around and sell it on the streets to more people like her and her sister. <laughs> yeah. so that's a goddamn uh, mistake. <laughs> it's uh, terrible. Jake, how about you? Uh, I give it a six. I agree with what you're both saying. I do. Uh, I I think I just gave it more points for how the simplicity of what it did for most of the runtime worked for what the movie is. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, world building and immersion is our second category. I'm going to give it a seven for world building and immersion. I think it builds a <laughs> simple world, but I do like it. I love the universe of this, like shitty dive bar vfw that's amazing i think that's really cool and also this movie is kind of immersive as all hell until it does something that like rips me out of it pretty wildly um but until then it's quite immersive 
Uh, Mark, how about you? Uh, basically the same wavelength. I gave it a six and a half, so I guess a little bit lower, but ultimately the same, more or less. Story doesn't matter here. You're here for the for the comic violence and just kicking ass, right? And that's what you that's what you get, right? <laughs> the, the bar itself is awesome. You got the. I'm kind of a sucker for siege movies in general, and this is a pretty solid one. They're barricading doors. They're you have the montage of of arming themselves with makeshift shit that they're just finding in the nooks and crannies of this bar. Ultimately, a pretty entertaining movie. Very easy to watch. Fair enough, Jake. And you gave it a six and a half. Yeah, I mean, there's things you can that detract from that, right? Like, sure. The, uh, the many, many nitpicks we talked about. Yeah, exactly. yeah. I mean, there were things. The that entirety detract- of the villain's henchmen, with whom I'm. There in love. were things that detracted from it for me too. Um, and perhaps this is where I need to say that again, reiterate that this is a movie that is very much like two of my favorite movies of all time. I was highly immersed by this movie, and I liked the weird comic yet weird grimy serious world that it built i gave immersion a nine hello okay <laughs> like this I'm is okay doing a this. very specific thing that i love and it's not like the movies themselves are perfect but i really appreciate the types of things that it is paying homage to hell yeah buddy uh that is going to take us into our scare factor score and i'm going to give it a four for scare factor this movie is all gore that's really the only scares here. Uh, there's the, even the siege. I mean, I guess there is some zombie-ish kind of stuff, but there's there's just not it's much. About it's about splatter. All in the yeah. Splatter, yeah. And there yeah. are some like kind of squirmy scenes. So four, Mark. Yeah, two and a half. Not particularly scary. Drugs are scary. I guess aging <laughs> is scary. If you aging about is that. scary, you're right. But, Damn, adult fears movie. But yeah, we didn't throw that one into the categories. Uh, but yeah, ultimately, like most of the violence here is played for comedic effect. It's exaggerated. It's cartoonish. It's not, I don't think, really directly meant to be scary or terrifying yeah. or horrific. Yeah, so, Jake. Uh, same reasons. I give it a three, though. Okay. That is going to lead us on to effects or judicious lack thereof. I give it an eight. I think this is a super effects driven movie. They are not shy about it. They know what they're doing and they know when not to do it technically correctly. Uh, I think it's really fun. It's it's not perfect by any means. And there is some ADR issues like the, or the conversation that Fred is having with Lizard where like the back is to Fred's the back. The camera is to Fred's back. He had clearly re-recorded over that dialogue, and it like doesn't match up with what's on happening on screen until Lizard starts talking again. So there's some issues. It's not perfect, but it's really fucking high. Mark, that's interesting. I went a little bit lower. I gave it a six and a half. It's stylish, and most of the most of the effects are in service of the overall feel of the movie. There are a few that are so cheesy, and I kind of get what they're going for, but ultimately, it does sort of take you aback from the scene. The main one I'm thinking of here is the opening sequence with the sister dropping off the balcony and the like explosion of blood. It looks <laughs> it's charming and funny, but it looks bad. <laughs> it, it looks bad. You can, they drop they just straight up dropped a mannequin onto a blood balloon. That's hilarious. Oh, f- whatever, man. Jake, what's your effect yourself? Score, Eight and a half. Eight and a half yeah. for effects. <laughs> that like they do they this is an effects driven movie and what it's doing is in service of a very specific vibe. It doesn't all look immaculate, but this movie's not going for Academy Awards. Like, what it's doing is, like, a very known thing. And I think that where, Jack, something you said that I started to notice the movie wore on is it 
does tend to hide a few things and I'm not sure about like what the budget was or anything, but it does tend to hide a few things in darkness at moments. I think that the biggest part of this is when they get outside and they're in the truck and stuff, there's like the, the chainsaw and it gets really dark there during a pivotal moment. And that's a bit of a problem because it is such an important sequence in the film, but yeah. And you have like a weapon, like a chainsaw get brought out and you're like, okay, they just didn't know how to quite handle this one. Oh, we didn't even fucking talk about the concrete saw. Or oh man. Gigantic. Oh, that was sick. Love was a concrete sick. saw. Yeah. That was sick. This is yeah. an eight and a half from an effects standpoint, guys. The sound was also, I love the droning synth thing. Like I'm going to, I'm going to be like a late, uh, I'm going to be later than most on getting sick of that noise. <laughs> Dude, the drive the drive soundtrack still fucking rules. Chromatics, baby. Yeah. Hell yeah. All right, Man, to to see. That's gonna take us into overall. And uh I think I'm gonna give it a seven overall. I think that's a tilt up. But man, this movie's just a ton of fun to watch. It delighted me at a time when I needed delighting, and it was there for me. I, I kind of love it. It's a ton <laughs> of fun. It's not without its faults, but it's uh it's, it's delightful. Mark. I gave this a six, and I feel kind of bad about it. I think I'm undervaluing it substantially because this you is are. a super you entertaining are. movie. This is, yeah. As far as where it should sit on the compendium of all of the other movies we've reviewed, though, a six just felt more right than a seven. I I don't know. I think I understand of, of the three of us, yeah. of the three of us, I am probably the least inclined to throw B movies out. And not saying that this is a B movie, but it is kind of channeling that vibe to a certain extent. And You're by sure. throw them out, I mean throw them to out throw as recommendations. B movies out. I guess I get that. I I don't know. I'm just channel. I'm trying to think about what you said about how you're the least inclined to throw B movies out. You're the most inclined to throw something out there, and I know that it's not technically like what we would consider B. It's something else. <laughs> Yeah, like B to me is the older school ones that are yeah, like yeah, being I deliberately. Agree. Yeah, okay, gotcha. I we agree. Need to go down that road. But yeah, we yeah. we should probably go back and watch uh, Deep Rising again. That movie fucking rules. <laughs> Jake, what's your overall score? I gave it a seven and a half, and this uh, this feels like a uh, I. I felt like giving it more of a tilt, but ultimately this feels right to me. Like this is going to be a relatively subjective one. I think that this is doing a lot right, but it's doing a lot right for a quite specific audience. So I I didn't, (laughs) I didn't go higher than that, but in terms of just super subjective me, if I was to go way off the rails here, this is an extremely high score. I fucking love this movie. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, hell yeah. I, I did very much enjoy watching this movie. I, one thing we haven't talked about yet before we get to thumbs up, thumbs down, just because I do kind of want to get your thoughts on it, was how does how does the overall vibe of like setting this in the VFW hit you guys as far as like leveraging America's army as this force against drug trafficking and whatnot? They, they even shout, they do a shout out at the end. I mean, granted, I guess they just shot this in an actual VFW bar. Yeah, so they in gave Texas. A shout out at the yeah. end of, like, thank you for your service and all that stuff. I, I kind of thought that the militarism vibe of it was a bit off-putting. off-putting? Yeah. yeah, I didn't care for it. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't <laughs> think any of us, like, look, I, I am never, I, I don't know. I don't really want to get political on this podcast. But like I, I thank people who That's do. That's the real horror, like, am I right, boys? I thank people who do a service for their country for their service. But I am not going to comment on the politics. It's an interesting thing. I had a lot of fun with this movie. That's all I'm going to say. Hell yeah! Let's well go. Said. Thumbs up, thumbs down. It's a very easy thumbs up for me. This yep. is one that it's so easy to recommend, especially when you could just throw on and you don't need to pay that much attention to it. 
It's so funny to hear you guys say that. Like, I actually think this is kind of a tentative thumbs up. Like, I love this movie, and maybe I'm like thinking that I'm more unique a human than I actually <laughs> I think that's am. Correct. Cool. Yes, cool. I cool. Tight. 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 I love it. <laughs> um, I feel like this isn't for a whole lot of people, man. But I thought it was great. I, it's still a <laughs> thumbs up for the record. I'll say this: the core group of people I talk to at work who are very into horror movies would very much enjoy watching this. If you lo- yeah, okay, fine. Yeah. Yeah. I guess we are a horror podcast. If you like horror, you should probably fucking watch this movie. It's great. <laughs> it's pretty good. It's pretty good. But, but hey, the Mark the Mark's mom test, I don't feel like this is a Mark's mom movie. I would not recommend this to my mom. No. Yeah. <laughs> but I would recommend it to my father. I th- I think I might actually. I think he'd enjoy this. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, I would probably recommend this to my dad and he would probably put it on and my mom would not hate it. Yeah, she kind of does like generic action movies, so yeah. But it's so like the violence level gets. This is not a generic action movie. Don't go down that road with me. I don't know, Jake. Like the 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 mainstream action movies that are coming out these days are getting much more graphic. Like fucking uh, just John Wick Chapter Three has a lot of like. I need to watch. I need to. I need to watch those movies. I have not given them their due. Yeah, or the raid. I mean, not to this level, but it's up there. It's more than the raid. Well, I mean, but Hotel then, lo- Artemis, but then look at what happened. The raid is the same director that fucking did Apostle, and that movie <laughs> fucked me up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> so thumbs up all the way around. Some yeah, of yeah, thumbs, thumbs up. <laughs> let's get the fuck out of here. Yeah, let's leave. This has been episode one eighty two of the A to Z Horrorcast. Check out everything we have going on. Head on over to a to z dot com or come hang out with us on any of our social media channels. That's Facebook dot com. Go to a to z dot com. The a to z hot com dot com. Horror is in there also somewhere. <laughs> The, the horror happens when you go to a to z hot.com. Just scare, just scarecrow the whole the whole me. Just scarecrow all of it. <laughs> Take two. This has been episode 182 of the A to Z Horrorcast. Check out everything we have going on. Head on over to a to z horror.com, not hotcom. Yay. Yeah. Or hang out with us on any of our social media channels. Those are Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Those links are right down there in the description below. As Jack mentioned at the top of the episode, please continue to be safe. Put money right now. Like we have Patreon, but we would love for you to just make sure that you're spending that in the right places. We're still going to be here when this is all over. We promise you that. And that's all I'm going to say about that. As always, the music has been coming at you from Super Bear. There are links down there in the description below as well. And next week, we're getting really close to the end here, y'all. We have another pick coming up from one of our own. It's Identity. That's coming at you one week from today, probably, if we're on time. Eh, I don't know. Time's a flat circle. Who knows what day of the week it is? Who knows what month it is? I don't know. (laughs) Whatever. It's going to come at you quite soon. And until then, get your buddies in a distancing way, responsible way. Get some beers, just as you always would, preferably local. And go watch some horror movies. Have a great week-ish, everybody. It's, yeah, it's just it's just punky. This, it's, it's like they took the steam out of steampunk. I don't know what to call that.